0: Three and a half hours. That's how long until your secret egghead science machine gives a Sunday punch to the Marshall's A bomb pot. Can we please go back to part where Jeff Dunham's hand me down started calling the shots? You hear that outside? It's getting worse each day. We're up a creek here in the paper boat, sweethearts. Only the paddles already took a powder. Oh, come on, people. I know you all have degrees and all that, but if the energy wave from the Atlas mixing with the radioactive stuff the lawman knows about causes all this, why don't we just radio the planes to hold off and drop for a day or so? Why don't we just call up Wainwright and tell him not to run whatever machine they have at 5.30?
1: Uh, Dr. Wainwright and the others are offline when they're... Well, wherever it is that they go. If there is a way to contact them, I don't know it. Their radios are off, and there is no phone extension, unassigned or unaccounted for, that we could call.
0: The planes be running radio silent purposely. Interference from the storms and the auroras make radio contact sketchy at best. No, we're locked into this pathway for now. Just need to determine what action will get us through the maze.
2: So if... Well, now there are three. There are three of you who aren't supposed to be here. Three that aren't in the plan. What do we do?
0: Oh, good question, Dollface. Huh? Seems we need to be put back in the ball game. Stop this kaboom by becoming the plan. The kid thinks having the fireman on one end and the g man on the other end is the ticket. I say it's a ticket to nowhere and the ride ain't gonna be all that scenic. Any 2 Joe's gonna tell you, using the blow off from the Big Apple to La La Land ain't direct. You need switchboard Sally's. Cord plug and Claire is to get the call from A to B. The fireman here is New York. G-Man's L.A. I'll be in St. Louis making sure the signal makes it through. And G-Man answers a call before the Flyboys a bomb does.
1: Oh, I love the way he talks. I didn't understand more than two words, but it sounds so neat. Did he seriously just call me Dollface?
0: 1920s detective cliches aside, that actually does make a lot of sense. Oh, like when Gondor signaled the looming attack from Mordor, lighting large bonfires on the mountain and hilltops to get the word out. Fred, Richard Johnson, and the deputy marshal aren't supposed to be here. If this phone call or signal as we're referring to it can make it to the crates as well...
2: It wouldn't be here and would never go off. Is that the hypothesis?
0: Exactamundo. People, seriously, come on now. Seriously, putting this plan in the hands of a sock puppet. No need to get in the ladder there, Chiefy. You don't want my help in this jam? That's copacetic. I'm flush with people work on my own, more than happy to focus back on them and let this Van Bergen Luke Kafuffle keep riding the painted ponies on the roundabout. People, look, I know this is a stretch. We're in a situation which is safe to say is 100% unprecedented. I know the science being discussed isn't exactly a university textbook. I know we're brainstorming this plan with a plushy-looking detective puppet. I know the basis of this plan comes from fiction and fantasy writings. I also know demons, yetis, ice feet, Bum. Uh, never mind. and everything else we have here. I could keep going on for a while, isn't supposed to be, yet here we are. As executable plans go, this one isn't the worst I've heard, and based on Mr. Ferguson's predicament, if this doesn't work, we'll have more chances to get it right. I'm in.
2: <sighs> I'm still not sure about all this. I. I don't like functioning on all these theoreticals, but I'm in.
0: Oh, baby, I'm in. Know what I'm saying? You have my
1: sword. Oh, you better believe I'm in.
0: Save the day. Take it on the autism explosion, 86 those teddy bear threads. Deal me in. Zeke. I'm doing this to save the station. To save my lady. Ain't doing it for no sock. In. All right. We have the plan. Thomas and Kendra, you'll be coordinating all of us from the operations center. Zeke and I will take snowmobiles out to the winter drop zone at the end of the iceway. Mr. Ferguson will be sure he's at the original spot in the ice caves and assisted by Mr. Todd. Richard Johnson will be at the halfway point between myself and Mr. Ferguson to act as uh, the switchboard.
1: I have an area map over in operations. We can plot out the exact midpoint. And, you know, make sure the private eye is there. <laughs>
3: Oh shit. <laughs> I just got it. Richard Johnson, private detective. Dick, dick, private
0: dick. Oh. <laughs> That's an Oscar winner. That's good stuff. Right. Let's get moving. Only have about three hours left before the drop. Oh, it will probably be a good idea for me to provide Fred with some key pieces of information all about this things to tell us if this doesn't work and he loops again. That way we don't start exactly from scratch. Good idea, Mr. Todd. Mr. Kelly, let's go over that area map you have. I know it hurts, baby. I know. We're working on it. Just keep hanging on, girl.
1: Recording started.
0: Diane, uh, Monday, August 29, 15. Uh, looks like 22 hours. Approximately two hours before what we believe will be a catastrophic event taking place on the station and causes one of our own to return to this morning, where the same event will all play out again. Yes, I know it's the plot to Groundhog's Day. Obviously, Let's keep all the ridiculous stuff OTR. Last thing I need is for the new marshal to read how we're working with a puppet and a looping firefighter to save the station from a top secret experiment gone amok. Good god, when it comes out it sounds crazy. Myself, Kendra and Zeke and others have a plan set up and will be put in motion right at 1700. <laughs> if you had asked me a year ago what my life was going to be like now, <laughs> yeah, none of this would even have been a consideration. I can uh, feel you raising your eyebrows. As you're listening to this. You've known me. And it's something that both Franklin and Sydney alluded to. That, and. Well, you probably hear it in the background. The growing winds are the ice's way to contend with an imbalance. I'm that imbalance. And it's because of my guilt. I've honestly had years to try to push in the back of my mind, focus on the particular crisis at hand. But they're not wrong. That guilt. I am guilty, Diane. You've seen me and watched me struggle for years. guilt of my wife and baby dying and I haven't said anything to anybody but I have that same guilt over what happened to Chuck and Janet their murder it wasn't an accident and we all know it it was murder and it was about the work I'm doing down here and the very mention of Atlas and I think no I know Jocelyn did it. I know she murdered them to make me pay. So yeah, I feel guilty because of my arrogance and stupidness. That man, his wife had to pay for my mistakes. Then there's Josh Nichols, Diane, and I honestly don't know what happened. It's, it's just flashes in my memory. There's sounds, wind, purple, I don't know. He didn't make it back. Officially, that's the story. He ran off to avoid prosecution, is considered to cease. Okay, that's the story, but there's this spent round I cannot account for. Did I have to shoot him? Did I even shoot at him at all? That is, that's, that's the guilt and I don't know if I even agree with that is guilt. I've shot people before, I've taken lives, but in every one of those situations, it was justified. I was justified. It was defense of myself, another law enforcement official, or a civilian. Josh did not have a weapon. He's a skinny beanpole of a kid, a buck 70 at most, and at the risk of sounding like I'm bragging or bravado, even with a head and leg injury, there's no way he could have overpowered me. Why is there a round gone? And until I can remember that, Diane, I have to assume. So yeah more guilt. So now, all my family, Mr. Nichols, most likely, and the possibility that because I didn't make it off the ice, because I didn't leave, everybody on this station is now fit. Every time I do that, every time I ponder and go deep into my head, that happens. It's like the ice is reacting, causing the wind. <laughs> yeah, Di, I know. And yes, to answer your question, I did speak to Sydney. We talked and I'm sure I'm not suffering from any head or like Zeke says, mushy-mush feelings. Look, I have no clue what's about to happen. I'm transmitting this now and the off chance that if we hail and jump, that maybe this will make it out and others will be able to help. If Mr. Todd says this doesn't work, Nobody other than Mr. Ferguson will remember it anyway. All that said, if we do make it through this, I don't have any choice anymore but to deal with that guilt. <clears throat> Zeke tells me the station the main science buildings are rated to withstand sustained winds up to 70 miles per hour. The winds were recorded to be 50 miles per hour. That's only 8 miles below the all-time record. Meteorologist Topper says we'll surpass that easily by late this evening. The station's already starting to show signs of panels coming loose. And the walls, God bless them, those guys are trying and scrambling to keep everything buttoned down, but it is a mess down there. Okay. Time to go, Daya. Wish us luck.
1: Recording stopped.
3: there, Eisenstein. I got so much of your comic book stuff whirling around in my head. Trust me. I hail and jump again, I'm gonna spit it all right back out to you. But on a separate topic, you gotta start thinking about doing something with that beer belly, Chrissy. Your body is your temple, and you need to take better care of that temple. Get some muscle tone and whatnot. More pumping iron like Arnold and less popping fresh, you know what I'm saying? Fred,
0: let me go on record and say, nobody knows what you're saying. Just... Do me a favor. Make sure you tell me Groundhog Day, Final Destination, and When Harry Met Sally. Everything else is just the proverbial cherry on the sundae, okay? Cherry on top is what the problem is, do you know what I'm saying? Guys, it's 1620 hours. One hour to go. Uh, Mr. Todd, Lars and Richard in the B-2 lounge suiting up. You should be there with them, but I need a minute with Fred. No problem, Deputy Marshal. Good luck. Uh, may the Force be with us.
3: nerd. So what's up boss? Most of this hail and jump has been solely different. Other times it's where you stop me about an hour before everything happens because you want to talk about your guilt. Ah, uh, that's That's it. Exactly actually. Um, I'm uh I uh I get it. You don't know if I'm really on the level. You hope that this time it all stops. You want to believe it will so you can God. How do we end up here every fucking time? I get it, but I
0: hate this. Boss, you can't deal with the guilt that's eating you up inside. Conversations typically work better when both sides are contributing. Not when you're talking over me.
3: Hey, consider
0: what it's like for me, boss. I know how
3: most conversations will go around here. I know the answers before the questions even asked. These rare moments where events are going a new way? That's a slice of fried gold, baby. Everything
0: else is so boring. Boring. Okay. Is there. Yeah, in the past, Halen jumps. Have I said or done anything that might help out our situation? situation or deal dealing with, with the, winds. the winds next? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, then tell me, what is it? Not that it ever helps.
3: Yeah, so. This just, it really sucks, man. Uh, look, boss, the crash wasn't your fault. It was an accident. You've always known that Charlie and Janet both forgave you for...
0: Never. Do not ever mention that to me again. Do you get me?
3: That, that wind outside, that weather, that that's what needs to get you. Cause according to what I've seen happen these past jumps, Zeke's gonna tell us we gotta head into the B1 lifeboat and we gotta hunker down. The wind, the weather, that's gotta get you. I don't, boss. I'm not the one that needs to get you. Every damn time. Normally I wake up in my birds without a shiner. This goes, this goes the way we want it to. That's gonna hurt in the morning. But look, I get it. Boss, sore point. But do you mind letting me go so we can uh, get on with this shindig? Uh, Yeah, right. Um,
0: Thomas wants to see us on the operations deck anyway.
1: Uh, Perfect timing. We just saw the Air Force's call sign pop up on the radar. They're about an hour out and should be making the drop as scheduled. Um, what's up with you two?
2: Bass, what's the
1: matter?
0: Later. We will chat about it later. Right now, let's focus on the moment. Despite what Mr. Ferguson says here, let's move forward as if this really is our only chance.
2: Okay...
1: Zeke is fueling up two snowmobiles with tow sleds attached. He'll be ready for you and him to be at the drop zone. The winds are still intensifying, so you'll need deck cans with mics. Deck cans? Oh, uh, (laughs) headphones with uh, noise cancellation and microphones. You know, like on planes. They're used by the Ice Runway crew while they're on deck. Headphones are sometimes known as cans, so... Deck cans. Oh, right, okay. You know... The really unusual thing? (laughs) Using the ice tunnel location as the first point and the middle of the winter drop point as the second? The midpoint between them is STDR2 building!
0: Which, remind me again, is what, Mr. Kelly?
1: Oh, right, uh, sorry. That stands for the South Pole Tracking and Data Relay. It's the golf ball-looking building way out there. That's where we pick up the data and satellite transmissions from the mainland and is routed back here to the main elevated station. It's, well, like a switchboard station. That's quite the
2: coincidence. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, Mr. Johnson is suited up and will be heading down to the STDR2 uh, to be, well, the switchboard operator, I guess. Uh, I, I, uh, I just saw Chris walk by. He said he was getting on his cold weather gear for the mission. I, uh, I have to tell you, I haven't seen him like this
2: since, uh... Since we lost Emery. Yeah. Oof. That one was bad. Zeke has his team prepping the B1 lifeboat. Everybody is on edge unless the wind starts to die down. That's going to be the only safe place until help can arrive. Won't the stronger-than-normal winds make the drop of supplies too difficult to perform?
1: Oh, well, it's going to be tricky, that's for sure. Uh, but the planes they're flying are designed to operate in hazardous winds such as these. Uh, their onboard systems are tracking wind speed and direction from the ground sensors we have. Uh, the computer will provide a GPS location and altitude to achieve in order to be correctly placed. Considering the winds, to hit a bullseye, it's, <laughs> it's quite impressive.
0: So... If the wind speed shifts in five minutes from now, the proper location to start the drop shifts with it on their computers? Precisely. Uh, Dr. Jennings and I will be monitoring the
1: Air Force's progress and will radio out to the teams to ensure they're ready. Don't suppose you recall the exact time the flash has gone off in the past, do you, Fred? down to the second? Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I did look one time to see the exact moment was.
0: It was 5.27 and uh, 14 seconds. You should head out, Mr. Ferguson. Get suited up and get in position with Mr. Todd. Yeah, why don't I do that?
4: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm, a, uh, yeah, I, I left, uh, the, 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 I left the dog on. I, the oven's, uh, running. I, I, you know, I should go. I'm, I'll be right back.
0: <sighs>
1: Bass,
2: please, what is it?
0: I got into it, Mr. Fergus. I lost my temper and, uh. Well, apparently I uh, told him something about my wife in his previous Halo jump. And uh, he referenced it. He told me I shouldn't be guilty.
2: You shouldn't be, Bass. Look, I know that this. this is a very touchy subject. And I've never pushed, and I, I will never push you to talk about this, to talk about what it what happened, but it, it's like we always say baby steps you need to address this sweetheart, I as a scientist, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Dr. Bremer may be on to something the ice, it's well, think of it like the observer effect, watching an experiment can impact and sometimes directly affect its outcome, not, not that all this is an experiment, just that Well, if this, whatever it is, has its attention focused on you and Fred, if you and Fred weren't supposed to be here because of some plan, the wind, the explosion... I guess in a very loose way you could explain that by the observer effect.
0: So, then then the ice is focused on us specifically. And that is causing this weather and the looping?
2: Like I said, it's very... It's a very loose interpretation. I'm still trying to reconcile the whole Halen jumping with Fred. Super time, well, that doesn't exactly apply. The fact that only his memory of events would... (sighs) I'm droning on. And we have work that needs to get done.
4: Be safe out there.
2: Go save the day, hero.
1: Recording stopped. Recording started. Bluetooth device paired. Sound cancellation at
4: 80%. Okay, we are in position. And the winds are really hamless out here. I saw at least five Jamesway huts and they are all torn up. Cargo hut two lost its roof completely. Tommy, you on? We're here, Zeke. Tommy, I want you to radio Keenan. Tell him we're moving to level two. I want all the systems tied down and reinforced. Start inspections on the B-1 lifeboat. We need to shelter there in place after this. Copy that, Zeke. I'll tell him now. You really think that's going to be necessary? Well, knows I don't want it to be, but the last thing I want is for anybody to get hurt. Just having some mixed feelings and emotions about leaving my girl in such a lurch. She's a tough station, Zeke. Everything will stand up fine. They always over-engineer these things to take on more than the specs, say. Hey? Yeah, man. Yeah, I hope you're right. All right, last checks. Making sure everybody is in their spots and ready to go as planned. Zeke and I are in position and set.
2: This is Kendra and Thomas in position and operations. Ready.
4: Richard Johnson, I'm at the switchboard. It's cold and ice boxing, but I'm all aces. Red Leader standing by. Was that a ready, Mr. Todd?
0: How have none of you seen or know the reference for Star Wars? A new one. This is Chris and Fred in position and in the ice tunnels. We're ready to proceed.
4: Nerd. Oddly familiar. Okay. Kendra, Mr. Kelly, you're our eyes now. Let us know when the Air Force is close and when they indicate the drop was made. From what I saw on one of the screens before leaving, time from drop to ground given altitude, airspeeds, current wind speed, and directional gusts is about five minutes. <laughs> Anything changes, we'll let everybody know. You think the Bumbles are gonna be a problem? Nah, no, man. They're never out this late in the year. We started seeing the first signs of sun around start of September. Next, next week. Wherever they go after the winter months, uh, most likely back there now. I'm more concerned with flying debris to be honest with you. Yeah. Kinda reminds me of back home in Kansas. Get a good tornado warning, you get flying debris as well. Wind sound is different than they do here, but uh feeling is still pretty similar. <laughs> uh,
1: Zeke? Uh, Keenan just checked in, everything in the arches is secured, and he already had teams starting on the B-1 pre-checks. Said everything will be done within the hour. We'll be ready for you and Dr. Wainwright to make the call. Copy that.
4: What if Dr. Wainwright doesn't resurface before that? If they can hear the evacuation alarm in the ice cave labs, then they know what's going on. If not, well, then they are on their own. Uh, come in, team.
0: I just noticed a weird low hum coming from all around us, and the hairs on my arm are starting to stand like having the goosebumps. It's building in intensity. Fred said this happened the first time to him, too.
4: They must have begun their experiment or whatever it is. Zeke and I experienced the same thing last season. When we were in that section. Mr. Kelly, what's the progress with the supply drop?
1: three minutes out. They've adjusted twice in the last minute. Nothing too extreme. Uh, Minor course corrections to make up for the winds.
4: As soon as they drop the packages, you should see some super bright strobes on the top and sides of the boxes. Last time that happened was back in uh, 2011. Way before my time, but that's what I heard happen. Makes sense. In these winds and darkness, you'd have a rough time finding without Beacons to lead you.
2: (laughs) There's another course correction from the Air Force coming in. New drop location. Head 500 feet back in our direction. That'll keep you between the packages and the station. Still ensure that the energy hits you first.
4: How you doing? Bottom of the 90s of my arm is still pitching rockets. Mr. Todd. Mr.
3: Ferguson? Just like the first time. Slow hum and energy buildup. You feel it inside your body and out. Feels like fingertips going up and down. Vibrant. Electric. Man, this would be an awesome spot to bring a date. You know what I'm saying? So- ah, yes, Mr. Ferguson. We all know what you're saying.
4: I can see the plane's wing lights. Man, they are way up there. Ops team, what's their current altitude?
1: Uh, they ascended to 20,000 feet. Uh, must have hit heavier winds up there. You're still in good position, Deputy Marshal.
4: Still five minutes from drop to ground.
2: Computer is saying five minutes, seven seconds.
4: All right, everybody. Mr. Kelly, count us down from T minus 10 seconds to drop. Copy that.
1: Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Drop deployed.
4: Ooh. Hey, low man. Yeah. You feel that? The wind, it's shifting quickly.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Um, uh, F-word. Guys, the winds are, uh, they're making the exact drop location. Erratic. These systems can't keep up. Five minutes till they land.
0: It's 522. The explosion loop began at the same time those things hit the ground. Oh, man. This vibrating static feeling is
3: awesome. What wonder if this is the reason I'm not wearing boxes when I start the hail and jump again.
0: Ooh, uh, ooh, baby. Why are you standing so close to me? Oh, now I want my memory to get erased.
4: Talking, Mr. Kelly. Where will they land?
1: Uh, the, the system can't predict. As soon as it locks down a location, the winds shift again. The whole calculation has to reset. We can no longer say where they'll land.
4: Damn! That means we have to go through this again? And we don't even remember it? I am open to suggestions, people. Oh.
2: You're... you three. u shouldn't be here.
4: Kendra, you got something? What do you got?
2: If the event is created by the Atlas Energy's interaction with the isotopes in the presence of u three, then it's similar to a trinary compound semiconductor. Remove a compound, and it becomes inert. We make sure you're not here. Make sure Atlas doesn't activate. The isotopes can't do... Bass, you, Fred, and Richard head back to the BMF arch as fast as you can. I'll explain while you're en route.
0: Mr. Johnson. The moose is already heading down the stairs to our snow cycle. We'll meet you in the garage.
3: Mr. Ferguson? Oh, man, I'm so close here, boss. One
4: minute. Move, Fred, get to the BMF bay.
1: Four minutes, 20 seconds until touchdown.
4: What's the plan, Kendra?
2: Okay. so from what you told us about everything, Dr. Bremer, Franklin, from what Richard Lars the puppet said, the three of you, you being in here wasn't some design or plan Whatever you think is running this, it wasn't in their plans. This is what's causing the time loop, part of the attempt to reset. But what if it isn't trying to reset, but it's trying to create a new pathway like the double slit experiment? It's still the observer effect, but this, whatever is running things needed us to see, to observe them, not the other way. The time door Bass. the time door.
0: Oh, please stop calling it that. It's a temporal
3: loop. Oh, please stop calling it a temporal whatever the fuck. It's a hailing jump. Jesus,
0: rest in pee, Eddie V. It is not even that. It's not a loop at all in the traditional sense. It's a reset attempt. You're removing them from existence temporarily by moving them past the point of loop. That's brilliant. Oh, the loop gets past the obstacle by removing the obstacle. Time does a reset, and the pathway moves along normal space time. All right, all
4: right, in the arches. Fred, go to the bottom of the steps that lead it to the storage room and wait there. Yeah. Freaky ass puppet thing, you do the same, okay? Yeah, I'm heading through the main garage doors now. Not far behind you.
1: One minute.
2: Zeke, we'll need your authorization. need you to radio to the generator room to cut the power heading into the ice tunnels. That will remove the energy wave burst, just to be sure.
4: Roger that. I'll radio Annie until to cut the panel on my authority as soon as you radio down at the right time.
1: Bluetooth device disconnected.
0: Okay, I'm in the VMF heading to the bottom of the stairs.
2: Everybody head up the stairs, but don't enter the storage room yet. Just wait at the top until I give the signal.
0: What the
3: hell is a time door? And who the hell came up with such a lame name? I'll explain
0: later. We're ready.
4: Almost. Almost. Three. Annie, cut the power now. Two. Now, guys,
2: enter. Go.
3: I'm... I'm not in my berth. This... none of this happened.
2: Bath, Fred, Mr. Johnson, are you there?
4: <sighs>
0: We're here, Kedra. We made it. I think we got Mr. Ferguson out of the halon jumps. Hot damn! I could finally make the dinner date with
3: Catherine. But where the hell are my boxes? I'm still freeballing over here. How are the winds? Ooh, a little cold on the Charlie Browns, you know what I'm saying? Not you.
2: The winds are still gusting. ARO was monitoring speeds at 65 miles per hour. They buried the previous record. We're also hearing from Dr. Wainwright. Apparently the power event caused an outage in regard to the project he can't discuss. I think we may need to shelter Bass, It's bad.
0: Okay, we're heading back up now. Diane, it's Monday, August 29th, still 1920 hours. Not that any of us were aware we were in it, other than Mr. Ferguson, but we seem to have exited the Halen jump. With the crossing of myself, Mr. Ferguson, and Johnson through the time door, we effectively were not on station for about a minute, where the effects previously caused time to loop. And additionally, we had power heading to the ice tunnels terminated so that the conditions that would have caused the event to take place were removed from the equation. From the ranting and raving, it sounds as if Project Atlas is offline. Uh, Zeke said that by triggering an emergency shutdown when we did and without normal preparation steps, several square D insulated closed breakers were damaged beyond repair. These aren't the kinds of breakers we can get at home. They're industrial uh, 6,000 amp breakers that run about, I think Zeke said, $80,000 per unit. All 12 that service the area of that station, which, by the way, isn't on any official drawings or CAD plans anybody has, well, they all burned out. And as a result, uh, a replacement order has been made and sent to Christchurch. But they have to be manufactured and route to the station. That will take about two months. So until then, there will be no experiments, no power to the tunnels, no flickers, no Project Atlas. To say Wainwright is livid would be an understatement. <laughs> For all his bluster and bolstering, he can't officially make a situation over the project because it doesn't officially exist, nor can he discipline anybody without documenting and explaining what it was that was impacted. And uh, we all debated about telling him the whole story, about the Halen jumps, isotopes, the time door. We all agreed, though, it it seemed unnecessary. Uh, After checking in, Zeke and I went back for the airdrop. I can't tell you how excited I am. New wardrobe, equipment, provisions, replacements for all the items I lost on the plane crash, plus stuff I'll need if I'm living down here now, and best of all, a watch. You never realize just how much those little things mean until you go without them. I also found the lock crate with the firearms and items I requested. The isotope canisters are being placed now and will be ready to be tracked as the hidden drug shipments begin to move. Presumably after summer starts. I also got the care package I requested with gifts for people around the station. Thank you very much. I, uh, I really can't wait to give Miss June the season two box set of Bridgerton after telling her the U.S. military made it part of its emergency supplies. Maybe she'll start thinking I'm the fairy godmother. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, as you, uh, undoubtedly hear in the background... The winds have not abated. They are now at 68 miles per hour. Uh, the B-1 section of the station was designed to be fully autonomous in the event of emergency. It has its own mini power generator heaters and can withstand winds almost double what we have now. Our Zeke is preparing to sound the evacuation alarm within the next hour should the winds hit 70. This... Uh, I don't want to believe that this situation is connected to guilt. To my guilt, like Franklin and Dr. Bremer have implied. Because do you realize how ridiculous that sounds? My guilt is causing the extreme weather. Well, that's probably no more ridiculous than anything else that happens around this station. If. If by, if by doing this, I save lives, save the station, save Kendra, Zeke, Thomas, all my new uh, a new family. Um, well, Dad always told me. Shut your blubbering, put on your man bridges, and do the work that needs doing. Fools get lucky, men rise to the challenge. Thank you for sending me the Duster and Stetson, by the way, Diane. They were my dad's and his dad's before him they've been the marshals for over a hundred years and all over the untamed west (laughs) they were a part of taming it that was their calling their path now it's time for me to tame this land the untamed south time to man up and save the day expected but I did expect you never let it be said that a marshal doesn't stand tall when he's called out like the duds by the way very vintage authentic Sydney, I'd like to talk this is Brian Bradley thank you for listening to our show we are commercial free and able to do so thanks to our amazing sponsors you can help support 90 degrees by visiting our patreon page Go to 90degreespodcast.com. That's the number 90 and Degrees Podcast, all one word, dot com. You'll find a direct link to our Patreon page where you can make a monthly pledge and get shirts, buttons, stickers, or even a shout-out as an honorary station poly. Speaking of, we'd like to send a special shout out to the following polies: Nick Wolf, Ernest A. Polron, and Padma Numi. Thank you for your sponsorship. It helps and supports us in so many ways. This has been 90 Degrees South. On behalf of the casting crew, I'd like to thank you for listening. If you liked the episode and are enjoying the series, please remember to give us a like, a share, a tweet, send a raven, or a review on iTunes, Audioboom, or your favorite podcast site. It helps us to get the word out and keeps the cold at bay. Until next time.
1: This has been a BMB production.